All right. I think we got it to start. Now it's freezing my... There we go. All right. How you doing, guys? Sorry about the delay, having a little technical difficulty. Uh, this is uh, how to no, win okay. <laughs> And uh, it is September 5th, 2021. And tonight we are going to be discussing um, persona, legal personality, and uh, civil death. Oh, and uh, Capitus uh, Diminutio we're also going to cover a little bit. And uh, it always gets to me when uh, folks believe that they are the uh, aggregate of all of their identities uh, that they can stick in their purse or wallet. Um, and it is uh, a totally different entity than you that is being used to manipulate you. Um, I'm going I'm to be reading some uh, definitions starting off with persona. Uh, persona, depending on the context, can refer to either the public image of one's personality or the social role that one adopts or a fictional character. Persona. The word derives from Latin where it is originally referred to in a theatrical as a theatrical mask. On the social web, users develop virtual personas as online identities. In fan fiction and in online stories, the personas may especially reflect the author's self-insertion <coughs> or voluntary act. Excuse me. Uh, etymology, the Latin word probably derived from the uh, Etrusian word versu with the same meaning, and that from the Greek, prosopon. Uh, its meaning in the latter Roman period changed to indicate a character of a theatrical performance or court of law. Should I read that one again? Its meaning in the latter Roman period changed to indicate a character of a theatrical performance or court of law. A character in a court of law is a persona. When it became apparent that different individuals could assume the same role and that legal attributes such as rights, powers, and duties followed the role that the actor was acting in, the same individuals as actors could play different roles, each with its own legal attributes, sometimes even in the same court appearance. According to other sources, which also admit that the origin of the term is not completely clear, persons could be related to the Latin verb posonere, literally sounding through, with an obvious link to the above-mentioned theatrical mask, which often incorporated a small megaphone. So uh, a persona is a, uh, a mask. It's, it's, uh, it's something that covers the real you, okay? It's their masking who you really are. The interesting thing is, is that it is uh, <laughs> the meaning in Latin Roman period, which is where we you know, the U.S. gets their civil law. Most countries that are still practicing civil law 
get uh, law from Rome, Roman civil law, which gets it from the Code of Hammurabi. Interesting study if you want to go back and do one. But um, so this is referring to, you know, as it pertains to court and the role, the, 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 the persona that you wear in court is your legal fiction, your straw man. Okay, that's the persona, the mask that they want you to put on in order to act in their court. So the word derives from Latin where it originally referred to a theatrical mask, okay, and it can refer to a public image of one's personality. So we're going to get into the second definition that I was going to, that I wanted to uh, take a peek at, which is personality, legal personality. Okay, or legal person. In law, a legal person is any person or thing. Okay, it's a thing. A legal person is a thing uh, that can do the things a human person is usually able to do in law. So you don't need this thing, this legal person, to do these things in law, but you do need to uh, have this legal person for anyone to act on you in law. Okay, because they're not acting on you, they're acting on this legal personality, okay? Uh, such as enter into contracts, sue and be sued, own property, and so on. So I'm going to pull this up in, oh, let's see, Cornell Law. And we're going to read a little bit about the legal personality, if my phone will load a page. Thought I had the page loaded, sorry. Bear with me, I am absolutely having uh, network problems today. I think it might be because of all the smoke. Okay, this is not loading. Let's see. It's trying to load. Taking forever. There we go. Legal person refers to a human or non-human entity that is treated as a person for limited legal purposes. Typically, a legal person a legal persons can sue and be sued, own property, and enter into contracts. Legal person is used frequently within the field of business law, laws dealing with business organizations, corporations, partnerships, limited liabilities, uh, companies, etc. Often use the term legal person so that the laws applied uh, so that the laws apply to humans as well as non-human business entities. Election law: legal person has relevance in election law as well. Uh, the Supreme Court upheld uh, legal personhood for corporations which want to contribute to political campaigns. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't the definition that I was looking for. Uh, let's see. I think this might have been uh, Blacks or Webster's. One second. Find the right one. Okay, give me one second for this one to open, and I'll 
thought I prepared it better than <laughs> I thought I had everything open. Sorry for the awkward silence. All right, we're opening. It was a really good one that I was looking at earlier. And I could have swore I left it open. All right. To have legal personality means to be capable of having legal rights and duties within a certain legal system, such as to enter into contracts, sue, and be sued. Legal personality is a prerequisite to legal capacity the ability of any legal person to amend rights and obligations. Legal persons are two kinds, natural people, or excuse me, natural persons, people, and judicial persons. Groups of people, such as corporations, which are treated by law as if they were persons, while people acquire legal personhood when they are born, judicial persons do so when they are incorporated in accordance with the law. So a legal person has to be incorporated in accordance with the law. Well, how did you get, as a man or a woman, uh, get incorporated? Uh, your legal person, and that is at birth. Okay? It was at birth. All right, so legal personality is the ability to enjoy rights and be bound by obligation. That doesn't sound like a an enjoyable thing to me. Legal personality means that right, duties, and ability to sue and be sued insured by law or statute of that country. If it is not, uh, excuse me, if it is not insured by law, it is not considered as legal personality. A, open a company, but A, don't register as company according to law. That company doesn't have legal personality. See, in order for you to have legal personality, it has to be registered. Okay? Well, when you're registered at birth, you get legal personality, uh, hence your straw man, which gets put on every piece of identifying information about you in their legal system. <coughs> All right. Next. Here, hold on a second. No, it's here somewhere. There it is. All right. Capitus diminutio, maxima, minima, and media. All right. The Gage Canadian Dictionary, 1983, Section 4, defines to take advantage of, to use one's own advantage. Black's Law Dictionary, 4th edition, 1968. Uh, provides a more comprehensive definition as follows. Capital diminutio, meaning the diminishing of status, the use of capitalization. <laughs> Excuse me. Smoke pretty bad, and I don't want to cough in here. Hold on one second. All right, sorry guys, having a hard time here with the, with the smoke. 
All right. So, back at it. So, all right. Capitus diminutio means the diminished capacity or the meaning, uh, meaning the diminishing of status through the use of capitalization. Capitalization in name or in, uh, and again, you only see this when the name is all capitalized, okay, or upper and lower case or all lower case, okay. Um, that's what we're getting into here as to why uh, they use all caps, okay? Now, again, in Roman law, a diminishing or abridgment of personality, legal personality, a loss or curtailment of a man's status or aggregate of legal attributes and qualifications, okay? Capitus diminutio minima, meaning a minimum loss of status through the use of capitalization, e.g., uh, uh, ergo, excuse me, John Doe, where John, just uh, J is capitalized, and then Doe, just the D is capitalized. The lowest or least comprehensive degree of loss of status. This occurred where a man's family relations alone were changed. It happened upon the aggregation of a person who had been his own master, sui juris of his own right, not under any legal disability, upon the emancipation of one who has been under the patria protestas, or parental authority, it left the rights of liberty and citizenship unaltered. Okay, so when you have um, a minimum loss, okay, it's actually, uh, it says the lowest or least comprehensive degree of loss of status, okay? Your name and proper uh, person, upper and lower case, okay, would be proper, okay? You have no real loss of rights. It's be you become sui juris um, apart from being underneath your family, your parents, um, okay? Under, the, under your parents, your parents have uh, authority over you and you don't have rights there. When your name changes to upper lower, that's when you move out on your own, okay? Start to have, you have your rights, okay? They're yours. Okay, so then, uh, let's see. Capitus de minutio uh, media, meaning a medium loss of status through the use of capitalization. John is upper lower, and Doe is all cap. Okay, a lesser or median loss of status. This occurred where a man loses his rights of citizenship, but without losing his liberty. Is carried, it carried away also the family rights uh, as well. Okay, so basically in this situation, okay, this happens um, in the case of uh, what they used to call an outlaw, somebody who loses their their uh, rights. It happens now, diminished capacity. If you get arrested for something, a felony, right, you operate at a disability called capitus diminutio. Uh, and this is how your name would be upper, uh, upper and lower for the first name and last name in all caps. You'll see that on uh, booking jackets for felonies, okay? And that is basically they're taking the, you know, your civil rights away, the right to vote, the right to carry a gun, you know, 
contract and do other things. <laughs> and the interesting thing is, is if you have, if you're operating, and this is one thing that I find very interesting is anybody who's acting in such a diminished capacity as to as such as to be a slave, okay, it's just like a child, right, a ward of the state. You are, you're at such a diminished capacity, you can't possibly enter into contract. Okay, so we're going to get the capitalist diminutio maxima, meaning the maximum loss of status through the use of capitalization, uh, where John and Doe are all caps. There's your straw man. Meet your straw man. The highest or most comprehensive loss of status. This occurred when a man's condition was changed from one of freedom to one of bondage. When he became a slave, it swept away with all its rights of citizenship and all family rights, and that was that. So that's basically where your straw man is, okay? In bondage, not free, no rights. This is why when you go into these uh, administrative courts, you don't have rights. They tell you what your rights are. Here, sign this piece of paper. These are your rights. They're giving you what you can do. You have the right to attorney, whatever. You can uh, plead guilty, not guilty, or uh, no contest. You know, but they tell you what your rights are. Okay? They're in charge. If you're in jail or if you're acting in commerce, you're acting in this legal persona state, period. Okay? Now, <laughs> what does that represent? Well, I would say that it represents uh, civil death. And that's the third thing, or fourth thing that I wanted to talk about and give you a little definition on it, and we can have a little discussion here on it. Common law civil death refers to the loss of all civil for committing a treason. Excuse me. This included the loss of right to contract, the right to sue, to protection under the law. Such an individual forfeits his or her civil rights, including the ability to marry, capacity to own property, the right to contract, the right to sue, and the right to protection under the law. Today, it refers to the forfeiture of rights and privileges of an individual who has been convicted of a serious crime. It involves the imposition of numerous disabilities, like the denial of the privilege to vote, to hold, to hold public office, and to obtain many job and occupational licenses. In addition, an offender cannot enter into contracts because, uh, and may not obtain insurance and other pension benefits. The offender may also be deprived of the right to commence certain lawsuits in court. Interesting, and a lot of you have witnessed that firsthand. Civil death is provided for by statute in some states. Most civil death statutes only apply to offenders who have been sentenced to a life term. Now, here's the other meaning of civil death. Civil death also refers to the state of a corporation, and I'd say this is the most important one, so I'm going to start it again. Civil death also refers to the state of a corporation that has formally dissolved or become bankrupt, leaving an estate to be administered for the benefit of shareholders and creditors. 
Well, in trust law, the estate is for the benefit of the beneficiary. Okay? So this civil death, and, you know, the straw man, right? A soulless entity, a dead entity. Okay? All caps. And that's where a lot of these names have come from. Okay? And it is a corporate, it is corporate uh, to some extent. Uh, it's also a statutory uh, trust to be administered for the benefit of shareholders and creditors. They, basically, there's the, the theft. There's the theft from the beneficiary. Shareholders and creditors are getting your inheritance. Okay, but it, uh, and again, the, the United States Corporation bankrupt since what? Its inception <laughs> is uh, insolvent, just like a trust. An insolvent trust, a trust that doesn't have anything in the res, there is no property, no assets left, is a defunct trust that doesn't exist anymore, ceases to exist. If the item that was entrusted is no longer there, there's nothing in trust. It's defunct. Okay? It's done. It's gone. Well, the public trust is operating defunct for a very, very long time by playing this game of civil death. Okay? Unlimited by borrowing against you and your energies and your efforts and a lifetime of uh, <laughs> indoctrinating you to believe that you are the legal person, that you are the legal fiction or the uh, legal personality, the persona. You are the mask, okay? And the real trick is, is they're trying to get you to be assured, have a fiduciary duty and obligation to the mask, uh, you know, which is supposed to be in trust, is their position. You're supposed to be a beneficiary, but you've been hijacked by shareholders and creditors that most of us never met before, okay? That your representatives have been signing uh, markers on your behalf, and you owe them the debt, okay? They made you debtors instead of creditors. Anyway, that's all I wanted to share today. Uh, not a lot, but interesting topic. And I, I see people out there all the time, you know, still claiming to be the picture, you know, the person on the license or, you know, the person on the registration or the bill or, you know, all these things, this legal persona. Okay? And if you go back to persona, we go back to persona, which... Okay. Indicate a character of theatrical performance or in a court of law. So the way that they write it here, or court of law, it's showing you and telling you straight up that it is an act, that the court is a play, a theatrical event, a theatrical performance. Okay? And they need you to play a certain part. They need you to be the defendant, the taxpayer, the driver. Those are all statuses and all uh, personas, okay? They're offices, just like officer, police officer. is a persona. It's a mask, okay? Legal personality is the whole damn costume. 
Okay? Uh, present, legal fiction, persona, personality, a mask. Uh, uh, one of my favorite lines in a movie called uh, Shooter, Mark Wahlberg is a uh, military and, uh, you know, a sniper. And he says, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. But anyway, guy says to him, he says, uh, you know, you like the president, don't you? He says, oh, not really. He says, uh, he says well, you like the idea of, pre- of a president. And that's, you know, and that's all it is, is an idea. It's an idea. It's not the man or human or anybody else wearing the hat or the mask, costume, okay? President could be anybody. It's not a man or a mask or anything. It's an office. It's a fiction. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a character that can be played by anyone willing to put on the mask. Problem with masks is, is that you know uh, they allow people to do things without you know uh, being held accountable. They're hidden from from being uh, held accountable themselves. Okay, somebody shoots somebody in a movie scene that's not real. Okay, acting it didn't really happen, but for the audience it looked like it just happened. An act. Faith didn't really happen. And it's not really happening in court either because you're operating there in fiction wearing your mask. You're part of the theater, you're part of the act. And uh, you don't have to be. You do not have to be. Okay? This is what this is the thing that you need to separate yourself out of. Uh, let's see. Anyway, uh, I'm going to open it up a little bit early here. And uh, any questions, comments, we can talk about these uh, topics a little bit, if you'd like. Don't everybody speak at once, but we got some folks on the line, and at least we did. Can you guys hear me? Anybody there? Did I lose this conference? Hello. No, I, we can. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. I was just, I was just muted. I was saying, yeah, I can hear you until I realized I was muted. No problem. No problem. Well, uh, What's that? You're you're going in and out. I've I've missed a couple things, but for the most part, I can hear you uh, pretty good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm having a really horrible service today. Um, if you missed something, did you have a question? No, actually, I've, I've been taking some notes. I did. It was my question. Oh, it was about the playing a part in court, how when you go into court, the judge wants you to play the role of the debtor, which is not the prosecutor, as as you you were saying it, but the the defendant or the the debtor. Is that 
Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. They want you to be they want you to be the surety for the debtor, which is the the debtor is in is enslaved to the debt, and they want you to pay the price for it. Okay, for, so a better. <laughs> okay, so I should say I'm a, I'm a surety for the straw man. In other words, a surety for the debt correct. or the detail. Okay. Well, we're not. You know, I mean, the Bible tells us not to be a surety for a stranger, and it's definitely a stranger, <laughs> stranger than fiction almost. <laughs> well, it's definitely stranger than fiction that people believe that this thing is them. So, getting it out yeah. of the court, being able to not participate in the play is obviously the best place to be. Um, and, you know, some of the things that, you know, that we're learning here and, and, and uh, sharing, especially with the declaratory judgment action, it's like opting out of, uh, you know, permanently opting out of being uh, an actor in their play. And it doesn't mean right. that you necessarily collapse everything and go at it alone. Uh, you know, just the fact that, you know, they've taken from you your entire life and, and defrauded you your entire life, uh, there are some things that, uh, you know, you're still entitled to, even if you collapsed all of those trusts. And those are the same things that a foreigner would be entitled to here as well. Protection under, you know, protection uh, under the law, supposedly, <laughs> you know. Uh, not that you have to, uh, not that you have to accept any benefits. And personally, I believe the biblical, uh, the biblical um, uh, remedy is to come out of Babylon altogether. And again, Kota Hammurabi, Babylon, went and became the Roman civil code, civil law, and now is, uh, you know, in every single country that is operating in civil law still, which are quite a few, including this one here in uh, middle America. Right. The interesting thing is, though, is one of, one of the things that I thought that was really interesting is that a corporation that is dissolved or is bankrupt is considered civilly dead. The reason why they say, oh, you can't, you know, well, we can't do this, you know, we can't get rid of the social or the birth certificate until you're declared dead. And it's not you. It's not you. You don't have to wait to keel over and die to, to break up the relationship and them holding these titles. That's part of the collapsing of the trust that I'm going to be doing is you know, dissolving those trusts, putting in a death certificate for the legal person. Did you probate that legal person then? Would you probate it? 
well, no, I'm not going to probate it. Well, yes, in a way I would probate it in that probating is providing evidence. Okay, to probate, what I would do is bring in my private trust because that along with a will, right, a living right. will, an inter vivos trust, shows that, uh, you know, and I have one, and we all do. The Bible is a perfect one for that. Okay, and you could probate those assets that are that were held in the public in the pro, you know, on, on the private side. But it is a process. Uh, that's part of administrating your private estate, being able to get the... Um, <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, there was something I'm gonna I'm gonna reread it if I can go back here. Um one second here. Again. Well, I'll just, I'll just say that it was it was the idea that a corporation going uh, dissolving, okay, and um, it, was, it was after they you know it was dissolving or a bankrupt corporation, and the other was an estate. Okay, being basically being probated for the benefit of creditors and uh, stockholders, and, and, and private estates don't have stockholders. Okay, they have beneficiaries. However, statutory estates, uh, especially uh, a statutory business trust or any other statutory business. Um, has stockholders, okay? LLC, S Corp, C Corp, all that fun stuff. Well, LLCs have members, but S Corp, C Corps, limited partnerships, things like that, uh, have members, and S Corp, C Corps have have uh, stockholders and creditors, okay? But in trust, the estate is. Uh, Basically, the uh, in a state in the same situation means that the res, the assets of the estate, go to the beneficiaries, and title comes back to one, allodial, where it's not a split title with the trust holding the legal title and the beneficiary holding equitable or beneficial title. Those two titles merge, and it becomes sole ownership property of the beneficiary, not a stockholder or a creditor. It actually saves the property from 
stockholders and creditors in some sort of debt scheme. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Anybody have any questions or a topic they'd like to discuss? Comments on uh, this topic? Nobody? That'd be a real short call. My, my app is acting up. You don't even know how many folks are in the call. So Nobody has any questions, comments, issues that you're dealing with that you'd like help with? Nothing? It's going to be a real short call. Not that I mind. <laughs> My throat hurts. Hey, Dave. Hey, Chad. How are you? Yeah, good. I didn't get on till probably five minutes before you were were done or so. I was helping some friends, so they made me a steak dinner tonight. So I was at that. But there you go. Oh, it's Daniel's birthday today too. So oh, okay. Time you hear. I don't know if he's on or if he'll be on, but it is his birthday today. I know he's celebrating with family. Yeah, good. But yeah, I don't know if I'm. I'm. I think tomorrow I'm going to be getting uh, probably filing some criminal complaints against attorneys. Okay. They uh, are you going to do it? Uh, a criminal complaint affidavit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and then I, I'm just going to give the, you know, the deputy, um, you know, the, the statutes and documents and the court papers to show, I mean, exactly how they committed it. You know, they basically... Yeah, you have to provide with your claim. Yeah, yeah. So, and that should, I mean, it's it's in the court record and, you know, and the sheriff's department, so they, they're they're pretty much gonna have easy access to it, even if I didn't give it to them. But yeah, I'm going to. So yeah, well, you just want it attached to, you know, by by exhibit, have an exhibit list with your affidavit of complaint. Yeah, just put you know, sure you put it in with that. This way, they can't say that it's a frivolous claim or complaint. At the, the sheriff's yeah. office. Yeah, Frivolous I know, and no I thought I, I thought that'll you know including that stuff will uh, make it even if the, you know the sheriff turns it over to the county attorney if if he didn't want to do anything it would make it harder for him especially with the language of the statute. So I know. Well, that sounds like a fun interaction you'll be having. Yeah, there are a couple. I mean, it'll uh, perjury, simulating legal process, and then they're doing it through the U.S. mail. I might do some uh, uh, complaint to the U.S. Postal Inspector also. Huh? I, I've always found that those work out a lot better than the others. At okay. least the Postal Inspector as a, you know, they have a, a duty to follow. I mean, when you go into a police station to report a crime, they're supposed to take down all the pertinent information, all the facts that you know firsthand, and then go investigate, and they don't. No. 
where you call the federal government and, you know, you say, hey, you know, somebody's doing this, 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 and this. Uh, and, it, and it's the same in both state and federal. Uh, I know that you can go in as a private attorney general if the attorney uh, prosecutor does not, you know, decide they're not going to prosecute it, that you can go in and prosecute it yourself. Okay. Acting as a private attorney general, uh, I've seen it work. Um, you can look up private attorney general, and that's where you would see that. You brought a, a legitimate complaint to a, a prosecutor, and they refuse to prosecute. And it's a way that your justice doesn't get swept under the rug, supposedly. Not saying that it works all the time or that they'll recognize no matter what you do, you know, the corrupt is corrupt, and they protect their own. Yeah. But, yeah, but, I, and I don't yeah. know that being in a, the attorneys are officers of the court, too, and with what they're doing by perjury, lying to the court that they uh, served me under, you know, due process and they never did, then to me that's violating my, you know, constitutionally protected rights also. Yeah, well, when you're talking about due process and things like that, you know, again, I always prefer to bring my complaints in the air because it's one nation under God, indivisible, and liberty and justice are all. Well, where is that true in the system? Ever. Yeah. Where has it ever been true? No, I agree. The only time, yeah, the only time it can be is if you bring God's word to the courtroom. And I have some news, and I'll find out for sure. Uh, Chad, you remember Catherine over in Connecticut? Yeah, I mean, it, I, it sounds familiar. We but... the, yeah, we did a private adjudication for her like three years ago. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, well, she came back to me and, and you, know, you know, you know, she screwed that one up by asking for like $100 million. <laughs> but yeah. same case, same situation, all the same stuff. She's been still battling this whole time, and she did spend a stint in, in uh, the county lockup, and she also got arrested when she went to go to court this last time. Uh, but all her paper was all her paperwork that she got from me uh, this past time um, was put in before they arrested her. And she was there a few days, I guess, and they were holding her until court. So, you know, because she just had a habit of not showing up out of fear. So yep. uh, <laughs> so this time, they had the court without her. She thought she was being put down for court. The, uh, the public defender or offender that they forced on her uh, quit, literally quit, not just her, but quit. Because she served him the paperwork as well. Um, they quit, and she thought that they were going to force another public offender on her, and uh, instead they discharged, dis dismissed all charges. Really? She's been doing this thing for over three years. Yeah. Dismissed all the charges. What, what were the charges? Of jail. 
Oh, driving without a license, no registration, no insurance, and a half a dozen failure to appears, which supposedly are felonies in Connecticut. Oh. It's a separate charge altogether from what you were charged with. They dropped it all, every bit of it. Good. I thought that was a cool testimony. I'm just waiting to hear back. She said that when she got home from jail, there was a box with all her paperwork in it sitting on her doorstep. <laughs> Good. So they, I guess they, they didn't want it in the record. Yeah. Um, did you see, uh, I don't know if, if you, um, are, are you friends with Tim Damron on Facebook? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But in it, and I, I uh, learned a bunch of, I mean, UCC debt stuff and all that from him. And uh, he just got, um, I think it was the chief of police, um, uh, fired for a false arrest. He arrested him not long ago, and, and they ended up firing him. And now he's got a, a lawsuit that he's just he filed in federal court. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. I think the cop that arrested me for uh, obstruction of a peace officer, I could definitely have gotten him fired and sued him for false arrest, false imprisonment, uh, assault and battery, uh, holding me for ransom. <laughs> yeah. I just, at the time, I had been fighting with them for six years, and I just had enough. I decided I was, I'd rather go fishing than mess around in the courtroom. <clears throat> this time I'm not going to be so nice. And this time it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, it gets so, it, it, it gets old, just the constant, you know, fighting. Yeah. No, it definitely does. I mean, when I started all this, I wanted to just be left alone, private. Leave me alone. Yeah. You know? Don't try to get me into your business. And, uh, it took Missoula five years, almost six years to get it, but the rest of the state doesn't get it, you know? They haven't been notified, or uh, <coughs> we haven't had any interactions, but it, the state is the state is the state. It's the same principle. So why don't they all know? And that's what yeah. I'm going to find out this time and make sure that they all know. <coughs> Well, there's some kind of wisdom uh, in in old John from Texas in him sending letters to the Secretary of State and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, again, when when you if you do your declaratory judgment action, you can yeah, uh, we'll have an exemplified. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can turn around and and take that into any court, any situation. You get pulled over on the side of the road, pull the sucker out here. Guess yep. you didn't get the memo. <laughs> you know? You're getting and it now. That should be, yeah, you, yeah. You didn't get it. I, I, that's fine. Here, now you've gotten it. Call your superiors if you've got to, because they all got the memo. And that's that's a lot more sure than, than uh, you know, just taking your name out. I mean, John collapsed 
for all intents and purposes, the, the uh, DMV trust as it pertains to him in a commercial way, but he still did it. And he had it, you know, and he had to make that mention on their computer system. Well, how so is it pulled it out of It seems like he's he's well, kind of coming at it man to man, right? Well, not necessarily. When he went at it in, in the original, he let them know that hey, uh, is this in commerce? Is there a way that my vehicle isn't going to be in commerce? I'm not commercial. I'm not driving it with it. Uh, I want it out of commerce. I'm not using it for profit. I'm not profiting from the roads. Is there a distinction? And they said yes. And he said, "Great, I need that car in your computers as it pertains to my car, my stuff." But he he was a little bit more of a commercial twist, you know. Basically, him exposing that, uh, you know. The term motor vehicle is a commercial term, and, you know, it's a similar, you know, it's a commercial argument. Sure. But, yeah, which, which kind of resulted in a kind of an equitable solution, at least as far as he was concerned. Right, right. He, he, he was able to work that into a do not detain through the DMV, which is great. And it probably will work anywhere in the state of Texas. Don't know if the rest of the states were uh, notified because he, you know, it's a, it's a trust in the state where it was registered. Well, his was registered in Alaska originally, but once it was void, once it once it was no longer valid, that plate doesn't mean anything as far as ownership goes or a claim to it goes. Because it would be a claim based on a on a, on a uh, voided contract or a um, you know a, an expired contract. And an expired contract, unless it's renewed, is void. It's done. This is like when you move from one state to another. Then they'll notify the new state will notify the old state to transfer the res to the new trust it'll be entrusted in the new state. And that's done on the back end. They'll transfer legal title from the state to the state. So that, you know, from the old state to the new state. What I'm going to be doing is transfer that legal title into the private trust. And then make all that in their system. That shows that no state has uh, an ownership claim or a trustee's claim on my property. Same. It's it's still all international because each state is supposedly of its own nation, and you're right, you're bringing it into, the, into your own nation. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. It's a private. It's foreign to them. It's foreign to the system. Uh, in corporate law, okay. If I set up a state in Las, uh, a state. If I set up a corporation in Las Vegas, okay, and I, run, and I run my business in Las Vegas, that is known as a domestic corporation. If I register my company in Las Vegas and I run my company in Montana, 
It's a foreign corporation in the state of Montana. Foreign to the state of Montana. Make sense? Yep. So a company operating in the place of its origin is domestic. Anywhere other than where they're registered is foreign. Now, some foreign companies register in that other state. Um, and there are statutory rules to do so. And again, if you set up a statutory corporation, LLC, Corp, S Corp, partnership, whatever, and it was chartered by some secretary of state in some state, then it is a state-owned corporation, state-chartered corporation. Uh, you basically split the title and gave them your business idea, and they put it in trust with the Secretary of State, and they gave you equitable title to, to operate the business, but guess who gave you the final say of how the business acts? Or can act. The one holding legal title, the Secretary of State, ultimately the governor. Which is why when some mask mandate goes out there that businesses have to require a mask or they're going to be fined, it's because the state owns that business. They are the legal title holder of the business. Yeah. It's in their records. They have evidence of it. You are parties together. Your company is a part of the state. In the private, it doesn't happen. The law arises from the contracts. And this is done by contract. Capitalization is done through contract, citizenship contract. Right? You take that oath, right? Yes, I, I swear to, you know, forego all other princes, kings, potentates, and, and leaders, and only be loyal to, you know, this one. Now, if you weren't born into this and you're a believer, would you give up your belief or your loyalty to God and then, you know, in order to become a citizen of, uh, you know, and be ruled by the criminals that are running these corporations, these governments around the world? Who in their right mind would? <laughs> why they have to have it implied as opposed to expressed, because if they expressed it, they'd be like, people would be like, no way I want to do this. First thing they would do is go, oh, we have a choice. Yeah, right. Most people don't realize they have a choice. They get to choose who's going to start. Well, you know, unfortunately, people think that this is legitimate, and they have no problem serving two masters until it's a problem from one or the other. <laughs> That's part of the message I always preach to everybody that I talk to is, uh, look, we, we, we volunteer for everything. Everything's voluntary yeah. in this land. And it, it, whether it's by hook or by crook, it's all voluntary. We can volunteer right out of it. Correct. Everything has got to have free will, choice. Anything short of that is coercion, manipulation, force. It's all fraud, every bit of it. 
<laughs> it's uh oh, what's his name? Uh comedian. Sorry. Carlin? No timer. Carlin? Yeah, George Carlin. He says, uh imagine uh, a religion that you can't opt out of. That's government. <laughs> And that again is is a thought. It's not true. Not true. But they they make us believe that it's true. You turn on your TV set any time of the day, and you'll hear that over and over again. Mandatory this. You've got to do that. You can't do this. You know, bow down and worship politicians. Wave your flags. You know, it's it, it's a big parade or charade. In between, in between, uh, in between pharmaceutical drug commercials. Right. It's crazy that those things have made it to like Netflix and some of the, not so much Netflix, but some of those free ones that have commercials. Every commercial is get your vax, get your vax. Even you know, in like little cartoons, some of the time, you know, like they're talking to little children. They are talking the infants. Yeah, well, they really are. <laughs> they really are. Well, at least uh, wards of the state, at least that's what the... Children, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Minors. <clears throat> I don't chat under disability. Under disability. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid... My grandparents on my father's side, they owned uh, Health Tech's clothes, a big clothing thing. It used to be Buster Brown shoes. I don't know if anybody remembers all that stuff, Uh, where they had the Garanimals and they matched the clothes. Anyway, um, every year, twice a year, my grandparents would send me and my brother a huge box full of all the clothes that we needed for the two seasons that they were sending it. So here's your spring and your summer clothes. Here's your fall and your winter clothes, coats, shoes, everything, the whole pack. And on the package, it would be addressed to Master David Horowitz or Master Michael Horowitz, and that was how it was addressed. And uh, you don't see that anymore. Mm. They've been short <laughs> and, and taken away from but they were also uh, Jewish, and, and and it meant something. It meant something. You know, basically, sure. as master, you the master of your of your will. You can do or not do. You know what you choose, and it's all on you. Responsibilities, whatever you know, comes from it. God's judge, not these people wearing robes and walking around as if they were judge or or prosecutor. These actors, they want to bring you into this society, this legal society, which is all a play of legal fictions, titles and costumes, personas, masks, and uh, capitalization of citizenship, capitalization of uh, 
you know, diminishing your capacity, your status as a man or a woman. See, even under even under the disability of a child, that disability only was uh, the only disability there was they can't. Uh, you know, children that have, you know, respect your parents, right? Do what your parents tell you to do. They're trying to teach you, right? <laughs> so the, 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 only, um, the only disability they were operating under was they couldn't make all of their own decisions because they weren't uh, old enough to do that yet. I, I, made a, I made a meme the other day that was perfect for what we're talking about. Give me a second. See if I can't find it in my pictures here. There we go. Parents govern kids for a time in order to teach them to govern themselves. Government presume you are children in order to govern you for your lifetime. I'll say it again. Parents govern kids for a time in order to teach them to govern themselves. Governments presume you are children in order to govern you for your lifetime. They look at you as a ward of the state all the time. That you're a child, and they're the you know they're the dad, and they're there to spank you when you do something wrong, and guide you and tell you what you can and can't do, and you know, it's it's a horrible thing. But that's that's exactly what the government does. That's what governments do. They govern. Where, where is our autonomy in this country? Is there any autonomy in this country? Or any country for that matter? Anywhere there's a government, where's the autonomy? Where's the free will? Where's this freedom that they talk about all the time? Well, free, free will is the ultimate... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to listen to them or, or be caged. You know, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad that folks would actually think that there's a legitimate way of, of running people's lives. Uh, you know, I like those. I like those memes where they, uh, you know, there's a. Uh, where it says, you know, these are anarchists, you know, and it's people that are, you know, this is what the government says anarchy is, right? And there's a picture of chaos and all kinds of, you know, lawlessness. And uh, uh, underneath it says, this is what anarchy really is. And it's people in acting in voluntary uh, interactions, farming, and, you know, uh, exchanging and trading you know, doing things that we would do if governments weren't involved. <laughs> you know? yep. And that's what, for them, it's chaos because they can't control it. They can't control you trading, you know, uh, some corn for some tomatoes. They can't get their little piece of it. So it's chaos for them. How are we going to get their stuff if they don't involve us in their contacts? But that's chaos for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Anyway, anybody else have any questions, comments, topic they'd like to discuss? Plenty of time, and I'll stay out as long as there's interaction. I don't want to talk. All right. Been studying this one. Boy, what did you say, Dave? I said, "Who's been studying this?" Just the, you know, who's, who's been studying? What have you, what's, who's been studying what? Just trying to make conversation, see if we can't turn this into yep. a poem. I've mostly just been focused on my my court or court case that I got going on. Anything new you're trying this time? Um, not not really. I mean, it's just the same old old thing, you know. Um, other than, you know, I, I had this happen once before where they, uh, you know, start sending you court documents uh, without a case file number, um, or they, you know, just claim things and submit it to the court. So now I'm going to like call them out on perjury on it and other things, but which I haven't done before. Right. Right. But no, I mean it, it just it, it just shows blatantly. Yeah, it just I mean it's just blatantly if if you understand, you know what what's going on and see what they do. Um, I mean it, they're just criminals. That's all they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like Neo in the Matrix putting one hand behind his back when you can start seeing what is all happening. He's like, yeah, I'll, yep. just, I'll, just, I'll just kick this guy's butt. <laughs> but yeah. see, the, the problem is, is you know, the when when it comes down to the court, then then you got the whole court's on their side. I mean, it's it's everybody against you. This is really why having your rights declared, your status, and the legal relationship between the parties is so important. I mean, that has to be established. And it makes no sense, right? You, most of the time we go into court, nobody knows whose rights and, you know, who's got responsibilities, obligations, duties, or any of that stuff. It's even a relationship with the parties. They're all elements. If, there's no, if there is no relationship between me and someone else, could there be an issue creates a relationship it's called constructive law so they're bringing an issue to bring you into a relationship doesn't mean that it's legit that's what they're constructing <laughs> and well in saying comes from comes from the idea of construe as i understand yes. that and so they're construing whatever is, is sitting on the table, and they're just making their own construct out of it. Yes. And you just they're have to say, no, this is how it's supposed to be put together. 
Yeah, they're building your house and setting the stage and deciding, you know, what colors you're going to have for you. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're right. setting the stage for that construct, the construct of what's about to happen. Right? They're setting the stage. They're giving out the acting parts. Oh, well, you're going to play the, the defendant today. Mm-hmm. That'll be our mock court. Right? They're building the set. Well, this is going to be the situation, you know, traffic violations. Okay, well, put on the administrative cap of the DMV. There's a judge administrating the DMV on a private contract, third-party contract to do so. And the only way that he can administer uh, that contract is if you have a contract with the DMV. In my case, I don't have one. I have no license. I have no contract with DMV. Do I get to be a part of the play if I have no contractual obligation? There's no law between us. There's no, there's no contract. There's no obligations, no duties. Now, that's a different story. If I go and I get damaged your stuff, there's a relation because we come together. I met that person. By accident. But yes, we have a relationship. They were the yeah, victim you had a of meeting an accident. Of the Not a meeting of the mind, right. but you had a meeting of the bumper. Correct. And that caused the relationship. Yeah. Now, relationships don't always last forever. Usually those relationships last until they're satisfied, like a contract. Yeah. Like, created a contractual obligation, a moral obligation by hitting their property. Yep. And I have to perform equity. I have to make it right. I have to make their property whole. That's equity. Don't need that, by the way. You really don't need a cop to come in and say, hey, you did good. You know, obviously I did it. I got scratches on my vehicle, too. <laughs> You know, we didn't need you here, genius. Go get some lunch. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose, so there's no crime here. Have a nice day. I'll yep. be handling my business. You go do something for the, your invisible boss. Yeah. So, but that's equity. When we talk about equity and 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 you know, doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. How much more law do you need? And do people who won't do the right thing, does a law stop them from doing the wrong thing? And if so, please prove that. (laughs) If you think that a law stops anyone from breaking it, please, please, please explain to us how that works or how well it works. Hmm. Thou shalt not murder. Enter Cain and Abel. <laughs> Very first clause busted. Don't eat from that tree. <laughs> and that was a legitimate lawmaker. Not some clown who's wearing a mask and trying to have his decisions be 
beyond reproach, beyond any responsibility. Now, if you're uh, Bruce Lee's son, <coughs> supposedly a prop gun, and there was a bullet in it. It was a real gun. Somebody was acting, and it was part of the play. It was, it was everything except for the real bullet. Does the actor who pulled the trigger get held accountable? Or was he just acting? It's a tough situation. The, we can be held, actors can be held accountable only when they take off the mask. Mm-hmm. And the only way to take mm-hmm. off the mask, pierce that corporate veil, is to expose the fraud. We had that conversation a few weeks back. You got to get rid of the masks. You got to get rid of the masks. All of them. <laughs> All of them. No face diapers. And our acts and our deeds are true. If, if we're doing them in our own capacity, in our own, in our own status, sui juris in our own right, Right? Because mm-hmm. there's the opportunity mm-hmm. being responsible for any actions that might harm someone else. But that also takes a responsible, mature adult, not a child. And this is why we have governments, because they believe that, oh, we're all children and none of us can, none of us know how to make the right decisions. So they have to put a hedge around us making a decision. And in order to keep us in line so that we don't violate anybody's rights. Why? Why? It never never allows you the opportunity to freely act. Right? You always worry well, about a hammer coming down on Isn't it the truth in the way that that Paul talks to Timothy about basically saying, look, the law... The law is for evildoers. The law is not for those who are walking in righteousness. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, in a, in, a, in a very real sense, even the government is, quote-unquote, doing it right because they've, they've created law. I, I, mean, I shouldn't say they're doing everything right, but what I am saying is they, they've established, or, yeah, established, I got this guinea hen yelling at me. Sorry about that. <clears throat> um, that uh, you know that that Paul in Romans thirteen is talking about how government's been established uh, to with the sword to basically take care of evil, and now with the treating with the enemy act, we're all considered evil, and that's just kind of one of those presumptions that we got to get rid of. We have to destroy that. Well, a government of rights 
is is established by the consent of the governor. Yep. No consent, no government. Yep. That's a key point, too, because, uh, yeah, I don't consent to being governed by you. I'm already governed. Don't worry, I don't need you. Right. (laughs) So if government is governing you, they believe it's by your consent. Exactly. You have to expose that fraud. Because it is a presumption and it is an assumption that you yeah. consent to what's going on. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and I know you've established fraud in your previous calls, so I'm not trying to say that you can't, you couldn't prove fraud. But fraud is one of those difficult things to actually prove in a court of law. Um, but if you just rebut the presumptions, then the actor has nowhere to go. Like, hey, he's not playing. Well, I, he's not playing play right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I prefer to because when you ask the questions, you're changing the script. They're, they're scripted. All of their stuff is scripted. Exactly. Okay? Yep. They, they go in there, they do the same script day in and day out, you know, guilty, guilty. Go pay the clerk. Go pay the clerk. That's how it works. They've got the yep. script down. Come in yeah. there with a new script, ask Christians, and and they don't know that you know it's like uh, you know if you could picture a, a play on Broadway, right? And everybody there except for one person is following <laughs> the script, right? Somebody says something and they're expecting something, right? The right script, the right words to come out of your mouth, and it has nothing to do. It's, it, it, it just totally changes the script. And everybody's lost at that point. Mm-hmm. All the people are all lost because they don't know what's next. And it's in front of a live audience, which the courtroom is a wonderful theatrical location for that. Mm-hmm. You start flipping the script flipping the tables over on them and asking them the right questions, the fraud will expose itself. We don't want to rebut because when you rebut, you're making a claim and you're changing the burden of proof. They want you to rebut. That's why that's what the only question, you know, that's the only choice. <laughs> you know, they say, oh, you know, in the law books it says, uh, in order to, you know, uh, overturn a presumption or assumption, it must be rebutted. Well, a rebuttal is an argument. And argument is, you know, if you argue, you're, you're literally giving them jurisdiction to hear it because they're hearing it. You're arguing for them. And you're allowing them to yeah. hear the argument. And I guess that's, that's but, uh, you kind of expanded on what I meant. Uh, you have to rebut it by asking the right questions. I guess I don't mean to to, to say that uh, you rebut it by presenting legal arguments and motions in their court, because then you're just playing right. you're just playing a part, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When no, you start questioning, I'm in agreement. The script, they get... <laughs> yeah. When you ask those questions, you get lost. You know. And, and sometimes 
you catch them on guard and they'll actually answer you truthfully, exposing their fraud. Or your question's so hard to answer that they know firsthand well that if they answer, the gig is up, play is over, you may as well close in the theater. <laughs> they're not collecting another dime that way. Nope. Move to the next guy. Or they can go access his birth certificate. <laughs> yep, they got to invite a whole new batch of actors in, in, to be, uh, you know, to, to audition. <laughs> audition. That's what it is. That's what it is. And I don't play the part right, so they want me out of there. Sorry, this guy's not going to play in our play right. He's going to screw it up. He's not going to follow the script. <laughs> be that one. Be that one. Yeah, be that guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if you look in the word where, where Yeshua went into the temple and was flipping over the money changers' uh, tables, he flipped the script. He was asking questions. He was he was making statements. You brood of vipers, death thieves. And then he asked questions, <laughs> and they exposed themselves. And we've got plenty of examples, and it really isn't all that hard to ask questions. You just gotta realize, you know, coming up with the questions and you know a good list of questions to ask in a courtroom situation. Um, <clears throat> it, it comes along as you start realizing the truth of what the you know what's going on in the courtroom. Now that you know it's just a theatrical play, and everybody's playing a part, don't just fit in there and get into costume, because the next costume you might be wearing is an orange jumpsuit that says "property of whatever state you're in," and that's the mm-hmm. longest part in history. You know, a lot of these people go, oh, we got 10 seasons in our show before it got canceled. Well, you might be in there 20 or 30 seasons with your orange jumpsuit if you don't do it right. Or if you just go along with the show. If you just go along doing what they want you to do, don't say anything. Just pay that fine. Oh, Flee down to this so that we don't send you away for the rest of your life. You know, and they use the fear tactics to get you to admit to something that you didn't do, but you'll say that you did it because it's less of a less of a problem. So not only did they, you know, uh, get you to compromise your own morals and ethics, they got you to lie, perjure yourself on the road. You take a plea agreement. You're perjuring yourself. And if they wanted you to take a plea agreement, it's because they had no way of, of, of uh, winning their case against you. Or very little chance of winning their case against you. They're offering you a deal. Ah, you didn't run over that guy's lawn. You just you know, didn't stop at a stop sign. You weren't seeing it's parking. Uh, it was just a parking infraction. Your car did it. 
because that's how they're acting. They act on the thing. Just like in my case, they're acting on my car, my stuff, right, my property, and on uh -huh. me as a man. My car did absolutely nothing to them. They have a car. The only thing I can think of is... You didn't fly their flag on your vessel. Exactly. That's all they got. Exactly. That's all they got. No flag. Good luck prosecuting this. Hmm. of me. Let's get the other issue out of the way real quick. Show me your pink slip to me. Show me where God sold me to you. <laughs> Here, show me your pink slip to me. Yep. Yep. Last I checked, the only one that has an ownership claim over me is God. And we could take that to court all day long. And guess what? There's no way, no way that they're going to put in any claim that claims otherwise. That's going to be contrary to a claim like that. So I'm excited to hear uh, when Catherine. Uh, Brian, were you around when Catherine? Did you do the uh, the uh, foreign adjudication with us? Were you around at that time? It was a while back, almost three years ago. I think that might have been before you started listening. Did you say Brian? No, I haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a little before you started listening. Yeah, but, uh, probably was. I don't know if anyone else remembers Catherine. But, uh, <clears throat> same case that we yeah, adjudicated. Right. We did more adjudication on uh, like three years ago. Um, we had a jury. We listened to the facts, and we adjudicated the case based on the word. And then sent in notice and that the case had already been adjudicated and there was no necessity of adjudicating it again um, because there were, you know, a jury of her peers. And um, everything looked great, everything was great, and she put in a, uh, you know, a claim that, you know, they owed like a million dollars some commercial mingling, co-mingling in the process. And it blew the process. The case didn't stop. And uh, she finally went to court this week. Well, didn't go to court. She was in jail awaiting court. Uh, she did go to court. They arrested her. And uh, she was awaiting her uh, meeting with the judge. And the lawyer that before started, the public defender, quit, literally quit. He quit the job. Not just quit her, but quit the job. And... Uh, they came into jail. She thought she was being brought over to the court for her hearing, and she was told that all charges were dismissed. Um, we just went through her paperwork. She did the same uh, administrative process, um, and uh, you know that that I teach. She put in the memorandum and the judicial notice, and the um, and this was all over the last month. So she only you know. 
put in the judicial notice and gave it a notification and the jurisdictional inquiry and then uh, waited 20 days then served them with a uh, with a um, default judgment and a stipple. And at that point, you know, she went to the court. They arrested her. I don't know how long she was in, a few days. Um, but she thought she should be taken down. They told her because she hasn't shown up for court at least, a dozen, you know, half a dozen times, each time being a felony, okay, a separate felony, um, that they kept her in jail until the court date. But the process, uh, the, uh, the, um, Public offender quit, and when they came to get her, they told her all charges were dismissed, and they got her out. When she got home, all her papers that she put in over the last month prior were sitting there on her porch. So that's a great uh, little testimony there, and uh, she's going to, I believe, Tuesday to find out what the decision was and why they came to it. And hopefully after that, it's maybe next Sunday, I'm going to come on a call and give testimony firsthand. But uh, they do not, I, I told her, you know, she said, she's like, yeah, I got all my paperwork and everything back. And I said, well, they just don't like God in court, which is why they sent them back to you, you know, along with all the paperwork and all your documents. They don't want that on the record of the court at all. Because it's a high, the highest claim that can be made in there. It's the highest claim that can be made. Does she have a claim to restitution then for that? Well, uh, she absolutely has a claim. For, uh, she spent, I believe, 90 or 120 days in jail at one point, maybe longer. And, and another, you know, however many days this time. And then they failed to prosecute after three years. I'd say she has a claim, and I would do a declaratory judgment action for damages. Which is something I'll talk to her about. But a declaratory judgment uh, can be done for injunctive relief or for damage, monetary relief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just can't be in, in the same action. So... Sure. It can be done secondarily and better off well, she, secondarily. She doesn't need an injunction now. Oh, sure she does, because the second she gets into her vehicle and drives it down the road with her private place, she's going to have the same issue I'm having. Oh, I got Eventually, you. some state is going to come there. They've been calling her a domestic terrorist this whole time. A paper terrorist. And, well, <laughs> I would call most of her paperwork terrorism myself, um, other than what we've done together. But she's been, you know, in every group and everything that uh, comes down the pike trying to learn, you know. Problem with that is, is that you're commingling remedies that don't yeah. work. Right. That never to work. If you're going to come in there and like that? in the water, land, and the air, you're going to have a fluffy puddle of mud. It's not going to do you any good. You know, an aerated puddle of mud, that's all you're going to get. 
because it shows schizophrenia. It's showing blood on there. Yeah, multiple personality disorder. Are you a creature of the water, a creature of the land, or a creature of the air? All three. Hmm. Let's see. Maybe we can throw this mud against the wall and some of it will stick. You know, you know I used but, to give those guys sh- shit that would always use that uh, that LAW uh, to try to to try to make their their principles understood. But now I'm starting to understand what they mean. In which way? Well, they used to say uh, land, air, water. That's what law is. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that, but maybe. You know, I, I withheld judgment. It makes sense, though, after you've been explaining it here the last month or two. Yep. Yep. That, that air... <laughs> that air is the highest jurisdiction in all the land. What's well, Ephesians uh, one, chapter 1? Yep. All of Ephesians basically talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Just about all of it. That's our war. That's how we war. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the, you know, this dark world. The prince of the air. Yeah, the prince of the air. Yeah. How do you do it? Well, the shield is trust. It's your trust. Your sword is the word. Mm-hmm. Cuts both, you know. Cuts through all the BS. <laughs> Gets you right to the truth. Right? Yeah. Ephesians 6, everything is defensive except for the two offensive weapons, which is the word and prayer. Yep. Which is yep. very interesting to think about. Spirits will be bound in heaven, and whatever you whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, again, that's that's offensive. We you know we can bind our enemy. They try to bind you to the straw man. Bind them to their own. Right? They wanted to play the part. Well, <laughs> the trustee position comes with duties and obligations. But you chose it. That's what they're doing. They're choosing to be the, 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 a trustee for the state. They have a fiduciary, fiduciary and legal responsibility. There's a legal relationship there between trustee and beneficiary. But they try to put you into an office of person, which is a trust. Anything, any office of the government is a office of trust, including person. You don't want to ever be the person. You don't want to be the defendant. You don't want to be the taxpayer or the driver or any of that. Those are all statuses and masks that they want you to put on and wear in their play. Depending on what play they're running that day. Oh, tax court, family court, whatever. Put on your right mask. Well, with you, in that, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, in that metaphor, the, with them acting, it, it appears to me that uh, that in the real play, 
they've they've put on the actor of the 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 part of trustee and with a duty and yet they're they're the ones going off script and kind of trying to rewrite the play and basically usurp the director or whatever the screenwriter however this plays out but they're that have literally changed the lines changed the the roles so now I don't want to play this part I know I was hired for this part but I'm going to have you play this part well and, here's uh, the thing it's they're trying to do that absolutely because the second somebody claims, yep, that's me, and joins themselves to the, yep. you know, to that friend and party, then you have the, the financial responsibility to cover the debt. They don't want to cover the debt. If they can get you to jump into a person, into a fiction, driver, taxpayer, any other, you know, of their status, statuses and, 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 and those capacities, and they can get you to wear that, wear that costume, wear that mask, and you play that game, you're going to be the trustee, and they'll be the beneficiary. The principal will be the beneficiary, the state of. They're the ones that are going to benefit. Never intended to be that way. But they do have people so trained and trained so well to be the driver. Uh, you're the driver of this vehicle. Well, of course. You see anybody else behind the wheel? Oh, smart, but being stupid and sad. Dear taxpayer, uh, last time I checked, nobody named taxpayer lives in my house. <laughs> That's what I said back to the census bureau. I said, nobody by the name of resident lives here. (laughs) There you go. That's another resident. is is absolutely another office they want you to wear. You know, another thing they want you to wear. Resident. You have to be a resident in order to get a license. And, and I'm not you, you want to hear something about that. But, and I'll tell you what. The, uh, um, years ago, they actually came here snooping around, but uh, they didn't try it this time after I sent that back. So I was kind of curious that that happened. <laughs> Probably nothing. Probably nothing. They'll put you on a list just like they put the rest of us. You know, they'll oh, probably yeah. assign you, you know, an agent, you know. Say hello. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I hope I made the right list. Right? Me too. I find that those are a badge of honor. Because <laughs> I'm doing something right. But it's funny because just like any other gang, you know, one-on-one, they, they don't do very well. They're, you know, they're afraid you can yeah. see it in their eyes. It's even it's even nicer to see it in their eyes when there's ten of them sitting there, and they still walk away without bothering you. And the only reason they do that is, is it's not because of me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. Mm. It has everything to do with the world. It has everything to do with my citizenship being in their palm. 
not in the same gene pool. And they don't like that. They don't like people being free because you know what? Deep down inside, they all know they're not free either. That cop that wakes up every morning and puts on his costume to go in to, to, to play bad guy, all the, all the while looking at himself in the mirror going, no, you're a good guy. You're doing this to help people. And then he gets PTSD after a couple of years on the job, and he gets institutionalized, and he quits. He learns to deal with the lies and the fraud, or they quit. This is why they only give soldiers so much time in the field, right? Well, you sign up, you do your three years or whatever, and they come back and they do a psych eval, and if you're coping and doing what they say, they'll send you back out for another three and don't break you. And then they'll send you to the VA and give you PTSD uh, benefit. While you figure out why you went and followed the, the orders of, of known liars and criminals. Go kill people. Uh, you can't do it for very long. It's a horrible thing. And they no, can't, you know, no. that's why. It I was just sharing with my wife just a day or two ago. I said, you know what? Obviously, I have no sympathy for the military or for the soldiers. And she's like, yeah, I've noticed. And I said, well, why do you think that is? And she didn't answer that question, but she said, she said, I know why. She's like, you know, most of these people go in thinking they're doing something right. Said, yeah, that's true. They're brainwashed. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I, I, my stepbrother was in the military. His kid's in the military now. Um, he wants to send his youngest kid into the military. And I've been talking to he knows all about the fraud. He knows all about the lies. He still thinks it's honorable. He still thinks that he's serving his country and not megalomaniac psychopaths. Yeah, right. The country itself. I, I've never seen a patch of dirt go and bark orders that you have to follow. <laughs> now, the geological, you know, the geographical yeah, for God and country. More murder has been, been uh, uh, you know, because of God and country and that mantra than any other reason in the world. More murder under for God and country than any other reason in the world. I actually did just comment on a... A, a, a brother in Torah, but he, he's also he's also uh, always talking about uh, the military. Or well, not always, but he, he mentioned something on his page about uh, Afghanistan. I can't believe we left all those. A general, if a if a okay, here's what it was: if a soldier loses his rifle, then he's court-martialed and put into prison. Well, what happens when a general or a president leaves leaves all this military equipment somewhere else? And uh, my response to that, I said, dude, imperialists are going to imperialize. So I don't care what imperials do with their with their things. You know, it's not my business. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, they want to hold them accountable, but they, all they don't, they really don't. All they want to do is whine. 
Well, look yeah, what they right. did. I can't do that. there. They don't get that it's all illegitimate. They don't get that it's all illegitimate. Just want to whine because they're Trump wouldn't have done that. Well, how do you know? (laughs) I bet he would. I bet he would. Well, part of their part of their whine is quote Americans are over there still. Yeah, trespassing. Uh, Yeah. And, and that's just, and that's where we get back to everything is voluntary. They volunteer over there. That's their lot today, and I feel bad for them, but it's not my issue. Okay, go ahead, throw it to the chat. Oh, that's why. The very, very first trip that any military gets is a property of the United States military, the Army, the Navy, or the Air Force, or the military. I got you. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. I had a, that's all right. I had a conversation with somebody the other day, like one of my daughter's childhood best friends uh, on Facebook, and she's all pro-vax and pro-mask and pro-forcing people to do the shots and all this, you know, and just joking anybody who does. And... I said, well, I said, what gives you the right, you know, I said, do I have the right to force you to do anything? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, then what makes you think you have the right to force me to do this? Well, I'm not forcing you. It's the government that's going to force you. I said, but oh. you're doing it by proxy. Yep. You're voting for this. You want it to happen. And just because you don't have a right means they don't have a right. Where did they get so, their right to do what they're going to do? She hired them to carry their guns and right. do it, like you say, you know. Right. By- and then the very next day, the very next day, because of this thing in Texas where they just made the law, you know, banning abortions, the very, very next day, she posts the stupidity, my body, my right. Yeah, right. <laughs> same person, same idiot, same moron yep. that does not get even a hint of logic. Same. I asked her, I said, said, wait a minute. Why can't the government tell you that you can't get an abortion? They're not trying to do something to your body. They're trying to stop you from doing something to a baby's body. Boy, she couldn't figure it out. Nope. And then I I said, well. Spiritual blindness, isn't it? A total blindness. I mean, how could you? And I said, let me guess. I said, uh, you know, you're pro-abortion and pro-save the whales, too, right? <laughs> and the spotted and, owl, and too. Already, right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I already know that she has no problem forcing everybody to get it a shot that not everybody wants. What happened to my body, my choice? Yeah. Overnight, without the way. And I've known this girl since she was like, I don't know, five, six years old. She blocked me. <laughs> oh, oh she didn't want to think with Right. Oh, yeah. Wow. The simple logic. That's remarkable. But, I mean, it's just a lack of ability to think. That's all. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the same concept and, and applying really? it. Oppositely, 
different things. How can that be? Literally the same concept. <laughs> exact same principle yep. involved. Yep. And it's okay when she thinks it's okay, but not okay when it's when she doesn't think it's okay. So again, these people who think that, you know, uh, the world revolves around them and everything has, you know, has to have their okay blessing or not, uh, you know, gets frustrated when it's not the whole political spectrum. That's how it works. That's how yeah. it works. Join a team. Really we're going we're gonna to beat the other team. It's all sports, basically, analogy. Competition. Who's going to have the right to rule? And they're all competing for something that nobody ever had the right to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> but, legitimate. <laughs> Sorry about our rant here, guys. Anybody else want to jump into this conversation? Add your two cents. Please join. Yes. Or hang up. <laughs> well, my app is acting up, so I have no idea how many folks are on the call, but I'm sure we have quite a few. Anybody else want to bring in a, a comment or have any uh, comments on what we've been discussing? Hey, Dave, I have a question for you. Yes, I I was going to send my daughter's doctor a notice of liability uh, and serve it to him by registered mail that says no COVID protocol should be administered to my daughter. Um, I had a phone conversation with him last week, and he had let me know that if father brings her in to vaccinate her or uh, PCR test her, which, you know, he stated his stance on that already. I know he's pro-COVID protocols, that the doctor would deem that reasonable and would vaccinate her without my consent and against my, uh, you know, consent. So I'm going to be sending in that notice, but do you see any repercussions um, just been doing that? Like, can, can the insurance company stop covering daughter and myself? Well, I tell you, I could see that coming anyway. They're going to do everything, and they're going to take away every single thing that we have, the right to get food, the, the right to go shopping, the right to go out, the right to do anything, if we don't have right. this jam, passport. Well, so, they just uh, passed that in uh, Hawaii, starting on the 13th vaccine passport on, on one of the islands. So that's, it's here already. <laughs> it's very true. Well, I, I would grab a hold of the declaratory judgment action that Daniel and I put together last week. Um, did, did, you get, did you get that from him? I know you were going to sign up. Oh. For me. Well, shoot yeah, off an email to him. What's up? Sorry, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> he he did email me a right. documents, and I think he was in here. So I will 
uh, keep reviewing these. Yeah, we're yeah there's a few notices. Them. There's a few notices. You can use a notice similar to what we wrote for our doctor as well, for your child's, you know, pediatrician. And just let them know that they're going to be, you know, it's a violation of your religious rights that you are not consenting to any vaccination of your daughter, that, uh, you know, anything to the contrary, they'll be held accountable first, you know, uh, fully liable. Okay. But I would, you know, I would absolutely suggest, and if you don't have it, if you weren't on the Thursday call and didn't get a copy of this, uh, it's a full-blown it's a declaratory judgment action as it pertains to COVID and um, with notices for, you know, exhausting your administrative uh, uh, obligation to do so, um, you know, to be able to deal with it administratively, and then go and get your um, rights declared as it pertains to this COVID vaccine in mass. And it is a violation of your religious rights. Um, file the, the, the case. File the suit. Give it out to everybody you know. Because this is going to start happening a lot more and more. And this is a tool that we created to combat, combat that while we're able. And I say while we're able, because knows how fast this is going to go south. Right. Right now we can still deal with it in the court. Next we may not be. Next we may be, you know, fighting in the streets. And I hate to say it that way because that's not at all what I want. Um, <clears throat> but the only rights we ever have are the ones that we're willing to defend. <laughs> We have to do what we have to do to defend our freedom and our rights. And I think everyone here on the call probably feels the same way. Yeah. Well, right now we can do that in the courts. We can do that, you know, uh, on paper right now, you know, and, that, and that's a good thing. Like I said, I don't know how long that's going to last because everything to me is accelerating quickly in the uh, New York did the vaccine passport. Now you're saying Hawaii. I'm sure California and Texas and Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, you know, Nevada will be jumping that direction fairly soon. And uh, so far, Montana wrote law that says that uh, they will not be allowing, you know, will not be enforcing a vaccine passport or mandating the vaccines. And as far as I know, it's the only holdout. And the only one that put it in their state laws. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, all politicians can be bought, and that could end tomorrow. They just haven't thrown enough, uh, you know, gravy at them to get them to change their minds. And it won't matter because whatever amount of time, they'll vote some new schmuck in, and they'll change it. So... It's a never-ending cycle. So we just have to, be, you know, we do with what we can now, and, and uh, that, that declaratory judgment for COVID uh, is in line with the way that the guy in Canada won his, and I believe there's somebody in Australia doing one now, and 
they should be file everyone should be filing this suit lock up the courtrooms with this suit alone have them answer uh, because to this point there is a COVID virus it's all speculation they have not identified it and separated it and said oh look here there's his picture well, they never, they've, they've not done that not at all so right now it's just propaganda and that's how the Canada one is came and we're making that same claim that uh, you know COVID has not been uh, isolating so that someone could take a snapshot of its ugly face and say look this is COVID the test is not you know there's no way they can test for something they've never seen they, they've never isolated they don't know what it looks like so how are they testing for it and these are sort of questions in that in that um, declaratory judgment for the COVID if you didn't get it and would like it reach out to me at a letter a free man in Babylon at gmail.com that's a F R E E M A N I N B A B Y L O N at gmail.com just say that you're interested in the uh, COVID DJ and uh, the notices and we'll get that over to you and then share it with all your friends anybody that you know share it to Facebook groups anywhere we can get it out there the more people that that sue the government over these you know these ridiculous forcing uh, and mandatory garbage that they, you know sewage mouths out there in Washington and everywhere else uh, if we could tie up their courts with cases on uh, violating our rights especially religious rights it may give them a nice wake-up call uh, John had mentioned on the Thursday call that it was prohibition was uh, turned around because of that same thing all the lawsuits that were going on so get the docs look them over they're pretty self-explanatory if you need help feel free to reach out to me uh, if you need help filling them out and following it let me know uh, you know we'll make ourselves available Daniel and I and also so that he make himself available help someone fill those out and uh, get them you know show them how to file definitely a, a, a good tool anybody else any questions comments topics you'd like to discuss looking for some legal remedy if you're in an issue if you're having an issue David yeah maybe I can just make a quick comment on what we were discussing previously I've heard a, a very good source that Japan and Italy have banned their vaccine passport program after about three weeks uh, they, it just failed and it's probably because people boycotted businesses that made you have a pass a passport so I think that's a way forward for the United States and other countries if you know just outright boycott places that are forcing you to 
have a passport. But I thought it was interesting that Japan and all around the world, and I've looked at Ireland and Canada, and they did those FOIA requests that were very highly successful, and they're on the verge of having to just fold their jab situation. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen. But these are interesting developments in our favor, and that they can't isolate that COVID, <laughs> whatever virus that they want to call it. Uh, it's how can you make a vaccine against something you can't isolate? It's just impossible. So that right there tells you the vaccine is wrong, is, is fraudulent. It has to. If you can't isolate it, it's a fraud. So it's, it's just it's going to take time for that to work its way around the world. But it is working its way around the world. People are grabbing hold of their logical common sense and figuring it out. So I just thought I'd throw that and in. And a, you did get that judgment. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful question to ask people that are going, well, you need, to get the, you need to get the shot. You need to get the, you know, this virus is horrible and it's killing people. And, you know, don't you believe the official story? And why aren't you wearing a mask? And you ask them, have they ever isolated the virus and actually looked at it face to face. Do they ever isolate it? means from everything else around it and identified it for what it is eaten there. And it is, you know, I mean, it's, it's logical, right? If they never identified it, if they separate it and, and isolate it and identify it, then it doesn't exist. Not yet. Exactly. I always ask, I've been asking people, I ask people if the vaccine works, how come the vaccine's not working? And it's just like nobody can really answer me. No doubt. And they can't. (laughs) They can't. You can't answer I don't know why it's working. Because it's not a vaccine. Exactly. I talked to my brother the other day. He got vaccinated like two weeks ago, thinking he was going to go to Florida and my cousin's wedding and go to Disney. And, you know, he bought he to New York and he bought into it. And he's now out of work with COVID. And he gave it to my daughter, oh. uh, his daughter and his granddaughter oh, from his shedding. Yep. Oh, but he's I sitting agree. home tossing for wonderful vaccine working well. Yeah, he hasn't called yeah. me or talked to me since he got sick. Because I was telling him this the other day. I said it doesn't work. I said, "What are you vaccinating against?" Me? There isn't anything identified. Well, they said. Well, yeah, they they said a lot of things, and they've never been truthful before. So they start listening now. Well, you know, it's easier to convince people. What's that? It's easier to convince people uh, of a lie than to convince them they are wrong about something. 
They'd rather hold yeah, on to the life to avoid having to face the fact that they were so completely wrong and so invested in the wrong of it. It's going to be very difficult for people, I think. Oh, absolutely. And we're not getting any real data out of the official, you know, channels at all. You know, I, I saw an article came out of Israel, said 85 to 90% of the people that are hospitalized COVID are vaccinated. 85 to 90%. Right. And most of their country has been vaccinated, about 80%. So if everyone's getting sick and they're vaccinated, then what good is this thing at all? It makes a ton of money for big pharma, but aside from that, uh, I don't know what good it is at all. To control us is a good way to control us, just make us very, very afraid, and then come up with a fake answer for our fear, sell it to us, or give it to us and sell it to us later. They've already come up with the medications that cover all the side effects that the thing's going to cause. So that's going to give away the disease and charge them for the remedy. Exactly. Oh, you got blood clots? Like this every day for the rest of your life. Oh, you've got, you know, the, the, the side effects, they're going to sell billions, trillions of dollars in treatments on side effects alone. Yep. Well, it's already mostly been patented in 2017, so that whole thing was patented. And even before, some of it in 2015. It's right there. You can just go right to the patent office and look it up, you know, and people don't look it up. You know, are they? you can take my word for it, but it's better to just go look it up. If you go to, what is that, pub.chem, wait, chem.pub. Pub, and then you just search for COVID-19 and then you can go down and look for the patent. And it's just amazing. You'll get so angry. Well, of course it's patented. And, and the reason it's patented is because all the GMO people they're creating so they can claim ownership of them. Same way that Monsanto did it to the crop. They said we own Drop the seed in a farmer's field, then they would go and, and test the seed, test corn, find out that it was their seed that was used, and they and they they serve them a lawsuit right then and there. Yep. Well, you know, you can go to Walmart and scan your injection site, and there's a, it will come up with your number. So if you, you know, and I've seen that with. Some people were playing around with it. I've seen it a couple of times now. One guy was charging his phone on his site. Another person was just magnetic. You know, you could put a magnet on his site. Other people are just having the most horrendous side effects, like we mentioned. So it's, you can charge your phone now with your injection site? That's just... Well, if that's putting so, off power, that's... 
That means it can be right. overpowered and or a blood vessel or, you know, some sort of capillary that runs to your brain. Exactly. You know, it's a show-off switch. Who knows what it is? Who knows? Because nobody knows. They haven't even released the ingredients yet. <laughs> they no, haven't listed all the ingredients. I think the reason why that FDA approval really isn't the true approval. I think what they were approving was that biologic license, but or they were giving that approval, that biologic license to distribute the product in interstate or intrastate, rather. But there were I read that document with the with the fine tooth column, and they, that was very trickily worded. But they put that comidity under the same emergency use authorization as the original Pfizer. So there's, I really can't see where it's proved yet, because once it is, they have to reveal the ingredients of that uh, jab. They have to reveal the ingredients yeah, as soon as it gets authorization. And they don't want to do that. Their, so gonna, if you pay their fees, they don't care. If you pay their fees, they don't care. They'll approve anything. They, they approve mustard gas, Roundup, all kinds of stuff for Monsanto. And not only that, if you look at the FDA board, who is on the board of the FDA? Who's the chairman of the board? Who is the, you know, the director? And then do a little background check. Look up, look up their, their, uh, their uh, what you call it, uh, resume. Okay, look up their resume. A lot mm-hmm. of times they'll show a resume. They all work for Monsanto. A lot of them at the FDA work for Monsanto. They are so into GMOs. It's not even funny. And it all gets approved. Every single uh, somebody mentioned earlier. Yeah, all you see are all these drug you know, commercials and lawsuits. Well, every one of those drugs was approved by the FDA. Every one of them. And they're all being sued because people are killing, you know, their drugs are killing people and causing all kinds of ha- you know, havoc. And now they're all being sued for those drugs. But they've already made the money. And they're continuing them. They're not even taking the stuff off the market. They'll change the name and, you know, add, add or subtract a little something, repatent it under another name. Mm-hmm. Once it's altered, they can repatent it under whatever name they want and go on killing people until the next time they get caught. But in the meantime, they're making billions and trillions of dollars. And they're never really ever held accountable. And in this case, they've got full immunity. Well, yeah. Full immunity. That's exactly right. Full immunity. Incredible that 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 the the, the pharma, you know the pharmaceutical companies get full and their immunizations don't work. You get no you get no immunity from the virus, and they get full immunity from lawsuits. Now there's a flip of the. <laughs> And they don't have to reveal their ingredients, and the FDA allows them to mandate an experimental authorization uh, product. That's that's just I, I I can't even wrap my mind around it. I 
I don't know how this happened so rapidly in the United States that we, well, I think they've just revealed themselves so rapidly because they, they had to. They had to fast forward the plan. The United States is full of brain-dead consumers. All they do is yep, consume, yep. consume, 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 and they don't think about what, they, what they're consuming. They don't care about, you know, the rules. They're not, you know, I'm just going to do what I do. And, you know, oh, I, yes, I, I went five minutes. I was wrong. Here, take my money. Yes, and, and, and they just go on with their life in, in a further perpetuating the system that they've ascribed to. And it's crazy that in one, I mean, look at 2020, look at the beginning. The whole world were shut-ins everywhere, everywhere, everywhere in the world that themselves because the government said so. Politicians said so. The government to pick talk. Politicians said so. And if you ask anybody, do politicians lie all the time? Oh, yeah, they do. Why are they lying now? Well, they care about us. Well, now you're lying to yourself. And a lot of people are lying to themselves all the, because they can't believe it, that this government, this wonderful thing we've been taught our whole life is to protect us and, you know, all these wonderful lies that they told us growing up that all of a sudden they don't make, you know, it's not true. And they're afraid that if they stop believing in that, then they're going to be categorized as terrorists. And they're more afraid of that than living in the lot. Mm-hmm. I've lived that for years because my entire married life, from the point I was 20 for 23 years, my wife was scared to death of the stuff that I was researching. Sorry, all the way back. She thought every day, she's like, don't even read that stuff here. Don't bring it here. Someone's going to break into our house in the middle of the night and take our kids. Definitely afraid of it. Just research. I'm researching. I'm studying. And she was afraid of the things that I was finding out. Couldn't, couldn't look at it without being afraid. So, hmm. and that's most people. People are afraid. Because afraid of this fiction called government. Not realizing that it's Bob and Tom and Betty all over there with their, you know, without the costumes, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. So all it is. Without the costumes mm-hmm. and fancy titles, it's, they're no different. Not even a little bit. It's all an act. Yep. Any other uh, comments or any uh, topic you'd like to discuss? Do you have a legal issue you would like some help with? Is anybody going through uh, being forced to take the, the jab at their job? It hasn't come up. No, that's good. 
I'm glad nobody's uh, in that danger right now. I, I'm seeing a lot about it on online. There's a, um, my nephew invited me to you know some group opposing uh, COVID vaccines and things like that. And my brother's son. <laughs> he's the one that he's the one that uh, my brother telling me that he got the jab. And uh, he invited me to the group, and everything. I'm seeing, you know, notifications from the group saying, my job is forcing me to take the jab, forcing me to quit. So I know if you're online, uh, if you are on Facebook, take those docs and add it to any of those group's files. I think you can upload these documents to the group so that they have access, and feel free to put... Um, you know, my name and email address, uh, you know, as someone that if they need help filing, you know, filling it out and figuring it out, that uh, we, we can help them do that. I think it's real important that uh, the more people that put in these lawsuits, it'll, it'll congest the hell out of the courts, and they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something. And I would file it, if, if you're going to file it, I would file it in either the state Supreme Court or in the federal. Oh, don't mess around. Over the top. I think it's important right. to go to the top. Yes. Hi, Linda. Hi. Linda. Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so late. That's okay. You oh, made no it. Problem. I was having so many technical difficulties, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to pull off a call tonight. <clears throat> well, we're glad Smoke you here is pretty. <laughs> yeah, you're the wizard. <laughs> 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 uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, if, um, if anybody has a topic or a legal issue that you're dealing with and want some advice, now's the time. Yeah, we got about 40 minutes, yeah, yeah. 35, 40 minutes left on the call. So if you got in late and you've got a topic or, you know, some sort of legal issue you want to talk about, now's a good time. Oh, I did want to make a, uh, I did want to make a, uh, an announcement, and I haven't talked to Daniel about it yet, but uh, obviously we're not doing the, um, the uh, conference this month. We didn't get enough people. Um, I am. Well, Daniel and I will be contacting those folks that uh, reached out uh, that were interested, and um, we are going to set this up for the spring. The uh, fires and stuff here didn't work out very well uh, for the conference this year, and we didn't get quite enough folks to uh, pull it off. But we figured if we put it out till spring, um, probably May of 2022, uh, there'll be plenty of time for people to save up and, and uh, make the plans. And in the meantime, we're going to probably 
take the page, the sign-up page, and still utilize that to change it around a little bit and uh, start helping people. Current, you know, right away before the conference, um, we can set it so that uh, you know you guys are able to get your estates set up uh, between now and the time of the conference, and this way you get a uh, a sneak peek and uh, ahead of time. So, just that little announcement. And it'll be a fun time as well. I mean, it should be a lot of fun. There's lots of great things to do here in the, in the wild west here of Montana. All right. So we discussed a little bit earlier about uh, personas, masks, legal personality, um, civil death and uh, capital uh, uh, minutia, diminished capacity, which a lot of people are tied up, you know, with the straw man and thinking that uh, they are their straw man. And if you didn't get on in time to listen to that, you can uh, reach out. I'll send you the link to the uh, recording, or you can call back in. Brian, how do you do that call back? You just change the last Yeah. How do you do the call back? Yeah, correct. It, instead of, uh, what's the last? Last uh, four numbers are what, 5111? You just go five one one two or whatever it is. I think it's a nine. You change the last number yeah, to a I'm two good. instead of a one. Okay. So if you call in the same call-in number and you wanted to hear the call again, you can call in the same call-in number and listen to it on your phone. Or I do send out a link to a lot of folks who support when not having to call in. Uh, Did you get hear me? Copy of the... Yes. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, you change the last number to two. Not not. You don't call the same number. You call the. You change the last number to two. So instead of five one one one, it's five one one two. Same code. Yep. That's correct. Right. Thank you. Yeah, you can do that. Do it again, or you can, or you know, I'll send you the link if, if you'd like um, to the recording. And I am getting way, way backed up on on putting these up on the website and on the uh, Anchor.fm. I've probably got about twenty of them to load in uh, to those two places. So hopefully, uh, I'll get some time in the next few weeks to to put all those back up in there and add them to the website along with some a bunch of new books that I've been uh, been working, you know, been reading and finding myself. So I'll be adding more books and papers and things to the to the library as well. All right. So uh well, we got about a half hour left. Any any uh anybody wanna talk on a topic? The last half hour here, we can shed some light on a new topic if you'd like. 
or we can end it now, and you guys can go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. That's up. <laughs> well, I wanted to share uh, kind of a new uh, discovery in the Torah. If anybody reads uh, the scripture, <clears throat> we 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 know that basically the whole scripture is uh, written in a chiastic format. If you don't know what a chiasm is, it might be very profitable to go look into that. But it's a it's a it's a, like an arcing, uh, like the menorah. If you put the menorah on its side, you could take that that uh, diagram and you could find uh, the chiastic structure in the in the word. And the chiasm in the in the overall Torah, the Torah has five books, right? We call it the Pentateuch in uh, in Greek. And the chiastic structure, the center is always the central point. A lot of uh, Jesus' parables are, are written in, are, are in chiastic structure as well because he, he thought in that way. He is the word made flesh. And so one interesting aspect of, of uh, the chiastic structure of Torah is the, the book of Leviticus, which is probably one of the most ignored and uh, uh, kind of detached books in most of our, of our experiences, is the central, is the central point. And the central, the center of Leviticus is Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And I kind of wanted to share that with everybody because if we all know Yeshua, he's our he's our atonement, at one with God, because ultimately there was a there was a a tear into two, like the kingdoms of Israel. It's a repeating uh, repeating pattern throughout the Scripture. There were two houses of Israel before there were one. Um, there was Adam and Yah in the garden, and then that that got detached. Um, Ezekiel, two sticks in his hand, and he brought them back into one. And so that's the whole message of the scripture: is is Yah's loving kindness, his long suffering, and his mercy into bringing us all back into one. I just wanted to share that. Awesome! Thank you. That is awesome. Yeah, it's a new way to, uh, you know, as far as uh, doing your research and finding out the, the, the central meaning. Um, that's a really interesting way. You could do that by the chapter. You could do it. You know, it's, it's kind of a way of, of uh, getting, getting context. For sure. For sure. In fact, uh, I actually have a Bible which was deliberately put into that structure in the notes. It's called the Bullinger Bible or the Companion Bible. Um, it was done by Bullinger. Yeah, I want to say early 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 1900s, 20th century. And it it is remarkable uh, the insights you can you can find. Um, and anybody who says that that smart men put the Bible together haven't looked into it deep enough. That's all I would say. Yeah. 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 I think, I think uh, without inspiration, it's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. Possibility. Because none, none of us are righteous. None of us, not one. Yeah. 
Another uh, another really interesting insight is if you do get into the Hebrew letters, the Hebrew uh, words, and the structures of the, how the letters are put together, uh, you'll find that, that uh, land, man, and blood are all part of the same idea in the Hebrew. And the life is in the blood. Well, man was given blood and life, and, and man came out of the earth. Um, it's just... Uh, it's so deep. <laughs> it's just the depths and the riches of the word are, you know, that's the law we should be studying. But unfortunately, we got to read all this other BS statute and, and ordinance. But. Well, that's only that's only to know your enemy. The yeah, the, the, sure. the only remedy, the only remedy you'll ever find really real remedy is going to be in the word. It's there. It is in there, all in there, like ragu. It's in there. <laughs> it's there. You just have to search it out, and deep does go on the deep. You could search out some scripture today, and then go read it again tomorrow, and it'll talk to you in a totally different way. Meaning mm-hmm. something totally different to you. It's a living word, and it is. As powerful as a two-edged sword, that's our weapon, and it cuts through all the beasts. It, it, cut, it cuts right forward, and it cuts it cuts inward too. Yes, it does. And yes, and I does. just also wanted to to throw in that if anybody does follow the festivals and the feasts of Yah. Uh, that all, all ultimately point to Yeshua and his first coming and then his second appearance. Uh, the uh, the feast of of uh, blowing is this week. It's it uh, or Yom Teruah. Yep, <clears throat> Yom Teruah is yep. this week, followed by you know, the ten days of awe, traditionally known, where you do a lot of introspection and you kind of. Do some repentance and cleaning, cleaning of the heart. Um, to that that day of Yom Kippur, yep. Yeah. Is that and then the Feast of Trumpets. Yep, that's this week. Yeah. The Feast of Trumpets. See, it's uh, the second coming. Yeah, that'll be after. Linda and I were having this conversation, I think, yesterday or Friday. Right, Linda? Yes. Yeah, if we want to know when the rapture will be, it'll be on the Feast of Trumpets at some point in in one of these years. Yeah. If anybody wants... I thought Yom Kippur was also, or was it Rosh Hashanah was also the Feast of Trumpets. I'm not sure why I thought that. No, you're right. And was that correct? And then does anybody know? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Colleen, please. Well, I had just wanted to know, is Jesus Christ's birthday... (laughs) On September 11th, is that his true uh, birthday? 
No, his, his, his true birthday would have been during the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles. Yep. Sukkot. The yeah. Of booths, Sukkot, yep. Tabernacles. The only festival that will be kept in the millennium along with Sabbath. Um, yep. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Well, I believe it is this month as well. Oh, absolutely it is. It's yeah, fall, yeah. The reason, I believe the reason that they think 9-11 is very important is if you look at Revelation 9-11, chapter 9, verse 11, you'll get to, mm-hmm. and they had over them their king who was named Apollyon, or Abaddon, Abaddon, who in the Greek is named Apollyon. And so that's the bottomless pit. Absurd. Uh, if you look over at CERN over there in Switzerland, that was that was placed directly over an ancient temple of to Apollos, and it's it's a satan you know it's a it's a devilish thing I guess. Um, yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah. But the the reason they call it Rosh Hashanah is because uh, that that's what uh, Judah, the the southern tribe, the southern tribes. During their Babylonian exile, they were polluted over those 70 years with a lot of Babylonian uh, beliefs. So they come back with the Babylonian names of the months. They come back with the Babylonian script. And they came back with uh, the Babylonian, uh, the new year. The Babylon's new year was always uh, this time of year, uh, what we call the seventh month, according to the scripture. Uh, But it would be the first month in the Babylonian calendar, which is why the Jews today, who have carried a lot of Babylon with them, just like the Christians have carried a lot of uh, Egypt with them, uh, Babylon's uh, New Year was on the the first day of that month, uh, what they call Tishrei, and that's that's uh, that's called the seventh month according to God's calendar. He just named the, he just put numbers to him. He never named anything. Um, pagans have named everything. All the weekdays were just numbers, and all the months were just numbers. Did that answer your question? It is the same. Day, it is the same day as Yom Teruah, though. Yes, that's really that's fascinating because this seems like a super uh, holy month to me. Oh yeah, I didn't this really realize that. All the yeah. holy days are this month. These are these are the, these are the, the holy days that, that point to his uh, his second coming and the, the reappearance. We're raptured up, and then see traditionally in the in the Hebrew sages, the Day of Atonement is also known um, in uh, in the more mystical or the more deeper meanings. It's also known as the Day of Wrath. Which when would Yah will bring bring his wrath on that day, and it all will be at one again. It's the day of accounting. Yep. It's yep. The day of accounting. It's we are held to account for our deeds in this life, and we are held as trustees to our accounting to our master who entrusted us with the stuff. It's the same in, in, in trust law. 
And when we're called to speak, oh, I'm sorry. When we're when we're called to speak, we can either say Jesus paid it all, as the old hymn says, or we can say, I guess I'll pay for my own sin. And that's just how it'll be. The separation between wheat and the tares. It is the calling. It is the uh, opening of the book of life. Uh, if you ever get an opportunity to go to a synagogue and, and, and experience any of the High Holy Day um, celebrations, uh, it's an amazing experience. <laughs> and it'll open up the Word in a whole new way. And I'm sure you can find these um, Holy Days and festivals um, on video and how they are celebrated. I'm sure there's some stuff on YouTube University for the stuff there. It would be a horrible place to look if you'd like to uh, get a little understanding on the, the Feast of the Word, you know, the Feast in the Bible. You know, Christmas and Easter, they're all mentioned in there. But not in the way that Christians are, are uh, enjoying them. They weren't to be enjoyed. They were actually considered evil. <laughs> Ishtar and Easter was yeah. there to replace the Passover, which is the you know the sacrifice of our, uh, of the lamb on our behalf. Okay, instead it's Ishtar or Easter, where you know babies are are sacrificed to Moloch and eggs are dipped in their blood and celebrated. Nice little pagan holiday. Uh, very, very much mentioned in the word. Uh, Christmas as well. It talks about the. Uh, it talks about bringing a tree into your home and adorning it with gold and silver. And uh, I guarantee you, when you find the verse, you will not be uh, pleasantly surprised that it is. Uh, and you know, it was definitely not something that was good. Um, you're talking yeah, but about Jeremiah, the 10, Jeremiah 10 talks about the uh, the Christmas tree, and you'll you'll yeah. see in Jeremiah 44, he mentions the Queen of Heaven, and that's that's uh, that Ishtar in the Babylonian uh, paradigm. <clears throat> yep, Semiramis and and. Uh, yeah, it just depends on what, what regional locality. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, interesting story. Just not the festivities that you would think that you're celebrating while you're there decorating your Easter eggs with your children. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sad. Yeah. And, and I take it upon myself to be an evangelist to anybody I talk to, but Christianity... Of all the ten, I think there are ten, maybe there might be eleven holy days that are described in the Bible. And Christianity does the only ones that God said not to do. They don't do anything that God said to do. It's like, well, what God do you follow? Wow. Here's a holiday or a holy day that every Christian's supposed to follow because it's part of the Ten Commandments. Right. The Sabbath. The only one that that begins with remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, remember the Sabbath. 
making holy. It literally <laughs> begins with remember. It's the it's the it's the the out of the ten commandments is the one commandment that's given the most allotment of words, and it's the one that 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 Christians have have failed to remember. And it's it's and you know what they don't. I, I saw a meme recently. I don't know if it was a quote from some Catholic authority or whatever it was, but it says essentially the the. The way to destroy the uh, the Bible, reading the Bible, if people read the Bible, that would be the only way to destroy the Roman Catholic Church. Right. How sad I is think that? you're right. Wow. And so they they know it. I mean, they get it. And and uh, yeah, and that's how I came out of the churches. I mean, I was I was served in the churches. I loved it. I thought I was doing the right thing and and whatnot. But we you know we go through seasons. We grow as we as we learn. And uh, I mean, I'm, now I make it my my point to to share the Sabbath and to share the real Yeshua or Jesus, however you want to call him, but not the one you know the Roman trophy up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I encourage I encourage anyone to uh, look up. Messianic Judaism or, or Messianic Israel or, um, you know, to get an idea of there is a shift. And there is a shift away from the church and to the roots of the word, okay? And I've not seen it. Now, don't get me wrong. You're still going to be going into most likely a 501c3 corporation. And most likely, just like the church, you're going to have, you know, a rabbi up there talking politics for the time. However, the culture, the tradition, the context that you would get there, you will never see in a church. You'll never find a church. See, the church comes from the Western world, and... Israel is an Eastern, you know, uh, Judaism is, is and, and being an Israelite is, is an Eastern thing. It's very it's hard to... Written from a Hebrew Eastern perspective. Right, and, and, and it's looked at from a, a, a Western, you know, a Christian perspective. And the Greek, again, that's, the Greek either or. Yeah. The Greek linear either or perspective. Yep. Yeah, right, Judeo-Christian or whatever they want. But the more you get closer to context, the, the culture, the, the, um, the traditions, why things were done the way that they were, the word will make a whole lot more sense to you. Um, and, then, and, 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 and all this separation from this government this government structure will also kind of more become more solidified because that's the whole entire message of the word of the scripture. Right. Come out from among mm-hmm. them. Come out from among them. Separate yourself. Right? Separate yourself and be holy. Can't enter the promised land all gunked up with the world's uh, perspectives. They didn't, even all the Jews that left, uh, you know, all the Hebrews that left Egypt had 
wander around and die off the generation of slave mentality that they were bringing with them before they could ever enter the promised land. They had to lose the slave cloak, that slave covering of the state of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. They had no idea how to worship God in spirit and in truth at all. They couldn't because they've been living a lie in bondage all those years. And it's the same thing today. We all live in the bondage of this world uh, and all the fears that, that, that push us. And until we look in the eye and, and, and face that fear and, and turn to God, it's very hard to uh, get that slave mentality out of our heads. I mean, even now, knowing all that you guys know, you know, um, <laughs> you still do things. We all do. I still do. Right? We do things that we've been trained to do our whole lives. Right? Mm-hmm. We drive on the right-hand side of the road here. Right? Go to England. They drive on the left-hand, uh, the left-hand side of the road. You freak out. <laughs> Rent a car over there. You know, and they do the same coming over here. And they're both right in their spot. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, this is why when I say I like to go back to the etymology, the, the origins of, of where things start, um, you can't go back to the origins in, of the word and end at the Catholic Church if you're a Christian, you know, Gentile believer who's been grafted in. And I would consider myself more Gentile than Jew or Hebrew at a time, you know, prior to me uh, coming back into the, the covenant. I would have mm-hmm. considered myself more Gentile, unclean, uh, you know, Ephraim and Manasseh um, assimilated into the world. My father, you know, my parents... When I was very little, we went to church and temple. We got the best of both worlds until I was about four. And then that was it. Divorce and, and nothing after that. So, you know, I had, you know, I, had, I wasn't brought up in it. So I was just as much uh, a, a secular Jew as, as the next guy. You know, I didn't know anything about God. Nothing at all. But I started back at a church. I didn't even start in a temple. I started in church. Found my way into the temple, realizing that uh, this thing only existed a few, you know, uh, a couple thousand years ago. Or not even a couple thousand years ago, the, the church. So... You're dealing with something that's really a new concept and not just a concept, but a con. A con. You know, the sermon, con. <laughs> the sermon started in the, uh, in the synagogues. It's called the Dirasha. The Midrash, the yep. Midrash and, and the Dirasha, that was called the sermon. Yeah. The Drash and the Midrash... 
and uh, you would go to the BMO, right? The Which BMO is seat. your yeah. Well, the BMO seat would have uh, it almost looks like a judge's perch, you know, and the book, the Torah scroll, would be put up on there, and you would have. Uh, you know, they would read the Torah and the Haftorah portions. And in the Messianic synagogue, they do the Torah, the Haftorah, and the Brit Hadashah portion uh, for that week. And the, uh, so you've got a, some from the Torah and the Haftorah, which was your, you know, the, the, you had your law and the prophets, right? And then you have your uh, reading from the new uh, or the uh, renewed covenant, I should say. Nothing new. Nothing new under the sun. It was renewed, and this time the payment is permanent for re-entry. Yeah, amen. And I'm going to leave it with that. Anybody else have a comment or a question before we wrap it up here tonight? You know, I started... Um Sabbath just recently, well, probably within the last five weeks, of making sure that I submitted to the Sabbath on um, Friday evening and through to Saturday evening. And I have found that with my commitment change um, in just learning the Sabbath, that well, I'm doing it, too. It's taken me uh, several weeks to get used to the idea, and two, two Saturday mornings I started working, and I had to, <laughs> I had to stop and take the rest of the day to um, contemplate what I'd done. And it was, it was all very interesting, but what I have learned is I'm what I've learned is is I do better when I um, when I go from Friday evening to Saturday evening and view that as my Sabbath. Now the reason I um, moved from the Sabbath was well, from Sunday being my Sabbath, is because I remembered my high school Spanish and the Sabbath day being on Saturday. Sabado. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I can't tell you how many years it's been since I remembered that. <laughs> But um, it'll, it'll, yes, and it'll gradually come, I think, as, as we get more accustomed to um, living in the Word. Oh, yeah. And, and if you haven't had a chance, if you've never had the opportunity, and you want to see a lot of tradition, uh, watch... Um, Watch uh, Fiddler on the Roof. There's a lot of tradition and a lot of tradition. Yes, there's lots of tradition. 
culture and context that you will see. Um, there's a wedding, right? And the ketubah. And, and these are things that are biblically done. The Jews were the keeper of the word, uh, you know, throughout all this time. So watching that and seeing these traditions and things, and it doesn't mean that God is cement, you know, that it's cemented in stone um, because our understanding has to grow too. And if we're, you know, uh, a stone doesn't grow. If anything, it gets smaller, you know, as it gets beat on and, and, and you know, whether it be water or uh, another stone falling upon it. But when you, uh, you know, we're supposed to be more like uh, a plant, you know, and, and grow. And you can't grow if you're, if you're stuck in, uh, you know, your feet are stuck in cement, you know. If, Aren't if we you're supposed to be... Are we supposed to be like a vine attached to the branch? There you go. And if we don't, and if we don't, uh, if we don't bear fruit, we'll be pruned until we can bear fruit. Yes, and that's how you, you know. know. Uh, I'm sorry. That's how you know who are the covenant keepers is by their fruit. Yes. In a in a grape a grape vine, once it bears fruit, it's got to be all pruned back. They don't they don't re regrow. They got to cut the branches off again. The dead branches, yeah. And those are thrown into the fire, and that's the end of that. Anyway, Where's guys, John? thank you very much. What's that? Go ahead. I was just going to cut you off here. No. no I, I'm just reminded of that passage in the in the Gospel of John when when Yeshua says, "Look, I'm the vine; you guys are the branches. Apart from me, you're nothing." Yep. And anyone that doesn't bear fruit will be cut off. Yep. Yep. And that is, you know, if, and Paul talks about the natural branches had to be cut off so that the wild branches could be grafted in. Well. Hey, wild branches, don't you be thinking you're special. You can be cut off, too. That's kind of what he's making his point in, in Romans 10 and 11. So work out your, your salvation with fear and trembling. <laughs> Take up your cross, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's all. Again, Gets back to, to earth and Adam and blood and how they're all intertwined in the Hebrew mind, and we we are to die along with Yeshua. We we are to die to self so that we can be raised in His image. It's I mean it's such a beautiful thing. Just, I mean he's got to share spiritual stories in that way. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'll get off my soapbox here. <laughs> Stay on it. <laughs> oh, thank you for it. <laughs> yeah, good stuff tonight, Brian. Thank you for the input. Thank you guys for uh, joining me again on another Sunday. Uh, hopefully, we will uh, meet again on Wednesday. And uh, you guys enjoy your your week. And we shall talk soon. Uh, Colleen, we, uh, Tara will talk tomorrow at some point. Today was Daniel's uh, birthday. I didn't get to talk to him most of the weekend. So. 
we will uh, we will get together probably tomorrow morning or later this evening, and then we'll get back with you tomorrow. Oh, great! That sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys, have a great night. Thanks again. I'll be praying for all you guys. Good night. Good night. Bye. 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 Take care. Bye. Bye. Nobody fell asleep tonight on the snoring call tonight. That's good. Get some of them call or somebody like falls asleep. They're snoring. They didn't mute themselves. wants to share some more time. Well, good night. Anybody there?